Hello, and welcome to the Film Design Podcast. I'm your host, Max Lincoln. Rebecca Alloway is a set decorator for film and TV. In 2009, she was nominated for an Academy Award for her set decoration on the film The Duchess. Rebecca has set decorated Murder on the Orient Express, Tulip Fever and Cloud Atlas, whilst also being a stylist for commercials with clients including Burberry and Apple Music. Yes, so if you'd like to just tell me a bit about who you are. Uh, Rebecca Alloway, set decorator in films and stylist in commercials. Uh, And I've been doing what I've been doing for many, many years now. Um, And working with production designers all around the world. Amazing. And how did you get to where you are now? I did study theatre design. So I already had my foot in the door, really, um, because uh, there wasn't any, when I studied, there weren't any film or television, there weren't any technical arts, there was no other path to designing sets um, unless you did theatre design. So that was the, you know, the path. So there were only two courses, um, I think, in the entire country at the time, which was Wimbledon School of Art and... um, St. Martin's that you could do a degree in theatre design and everyone went there so I decided to go to Wimbledon because I thought it was the better school and would be less distracting and less self-conscious and more about the work Um, and we went everyone that went there ended up working on projects while they were there because we were free labour So I worked on all sorts of movies and lots of uh, designers from costume to set designers would come in and do, give talks. Then we'd end up working on productions. Like I ended up being involved with a bit of Back to the Future at one point. Wow. And, and yeah, all sorts. I mean, you know, I think probably modeling costumes and getting involved with really basic stuff, but whatever it was, um, they came in and we worked with them. So I was uh, art directing and uh, assisting art directors in pop promos when I was still at college. So, you know, I worked like, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers still at college. I wasn't art directing, so I was working as an assistant, but I was, you know, yeah. I did lots of, um, in the early 90s, that lots of underwater videos were really fashionable. So I did learn how to dive and dress sets underwater, and I was doing that at college and, you know, mixed with theatre design too. Um, so I started before I'd finished my degree really. So that was it. It was anyone that, and anyone I know that went to Wimbledon and St. Martin's is pretty much still working in the business and they've become set decorators, art directors and designers. Amazing. Do you still see, do you still collaborate and do you still see them around? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Whenever I go to a prop house, whenever I go anywhere, I always bump into people I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, and, you know, in all the different years. Yeah. Yeah. I've got so many questions anyway, but underwater styling, um, how do you go about styling a set underwater? Uh, looking into what items don't disintegrate within <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. I don't know. It was mad. It was my, my, that was my 
I think that was my first job. Um, I think that was one of my first jobs at college. And, uh, yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, learning how to dive was one thing. Of course, yeah. And then having to do my research, um, what worked, what floated, what I could weigh down, what dis- didn't disintegrate. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I was yeah. like, and that was it, really. And then someone offered me just out of college, someone that was in a different year who'd already left, offered me a job on the film that they were designing. So I went and helped them. Amazing. And, that was my, and, and I, I'd done already uh, designed theatre pieces, but they, it just felt that I was, I had more work, commercial promo and film-wise than I did theatre-wise. And so I just was pulled in that direction naturally. It wasn't a conscious choice of leaving the theatre and going. It just I just happened to have more contacts. Mm. All my contemporaries were getting in, involved. So it just yeah. was a natural. Yeah. Last, last question regarding underwater. Um, how yeah, do, do you find the colours change dramatically between their above-water colours and how they look? when they're submerged yeah of course they did I, but I can't tell you how I I, <laughs> I can't remember how I, I uh, I'm sure I would have done tests to yeah. find out I think I would have also very much done fabric tests in water mm. with you know the, the main thing like I think a you know a trombone is a trombone yeah of course because I had to have a band underwater at one point I do remember that um but I would have tested the fabrics and I'd, I'm for, I remember that vaguely. But this was quite a while ago. Yeah, I can imagine. How do you find, as a set decorator, your role changes between film and TV or is it very much the same? I've only ever, I haven't really done much TV. Oh, okay. So uh, I've, I, game, the Game of Thrones, uh, uh, project that I did was the first TV I'd done for 20 odd years. I did a BBC piece called Crime and Punishment um, and went to Russia many, many years ago. Mm. And uh, I think, what else have I done? I've done one other TV thing. So, and that was a TV film. So the only TV I've done were TV films and they were a long time ago. It's mostly feature films. So the Game of Thrones pilot was the first and and I sort of thought that why not I don't want to go I don't want to do I thought if I'm going to do television which is the kind of new film isn't mm. it is the yeah why not do something really big where I know I can kind of I have the budget yeah. so that's why I said yes to the Game of Thrones because I knew I could then have really you know do lots of creative stuff and have lots of money and it, it was good budget yeah and this is to, um, just to clarify. This is an unreleased new series um, that may come out. Well, at some I, point. yeah, or the pilot, I, the, yeah, the pilot. I don't think will ever be released, and they'll go straight to series mm. with whatever they decide to do. Yeah. So when it comes to the series that will happen at some point, and say you're you're on another project, or you decide that you don't want to work on it. Um, all of the pits that you've previously designed for the pilots, say they use some of your furniture or some of your bits and pieces. How does that work in terms of credits and system? I don't know. I don't know, but it's a very good point. Yeah. Which we'd all thought about. 
I mean, you know, I don't know how different the actual project will be mm. and how much they'll use in the pilot. I don't, I'm not sure. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. Every, all the, all the furniture that I concepted and designed with my team yeah. will be used, I assume. But I don't know. I think, you know, if they, if they have different sets, if they have different families, I, of course, yeah. you know, in other words, I don't, I'm not sure that it, that one wasn't, wasn't a straightforward, right. We're just going to take that pilot and then this is going to be the series. I, it all sort of, um, it got very complicated because, Imagine. The, uh, they were merging with another company. One company wanted one thing, the other company wanted the, another thing. So I don't know what, how much of the actual pilot they'll use. Okay. And then, you know, say you're starting a, a brand new world or a brand new project. Um, it could be anything really. How do you go about researching? Like, what's, your, what's your starting point? Oh, that's a really broad question. It depends. It really depends on what it is i it's so broad I, I it might be architectural it might be texture it might be character it might be me just looking at pinterest and getting an instinct uh it might be it, it really it's such a broad thing the research that i'll look into lots of different um, you know, I'll, I'll play around with lots of different ideas um, and go down a certain line. And also on big projects, I'll, I have a researcher too. So I'll get an idea of what I want to do and say I want to kind of, you know, uh, take inspiration from, I know, uh, World War II uh, trench. I don't know, I'm make, totally making it up or mm. something, you know, or the suffragettes or, or, or something contemporary, uh, you know, contemporary. It depends on what it is, but I'll then just look into all the things I want to play around with and then I'll get them to then kind of, you know, continue and develop. Right. So in terms sense. of, um, so let's, to give an example, like let's say Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Um, you know you're going to have a train carriage. Yeah. How do you go about designing or coming up with the, the actual styling of the, the space? Um, do you like to draw up plans well, or do you like to dress by eye? How do you work it out? Well, the production designer will very much have, uh, you know, uh, sorted out the, the space that then becomes the set decorator's playing ground. So, you know, whatever... I have a playing, you know, I have a, a playground, but I, I'll know the parameters because the product, that's the product in film, in film, that's the production designer's, you know, job, those, those, you know, the ideas across the board and architecturally and what kind of space I have. So I will do both. I will mood board, I will research, I will look at plans, I will do drawings. It all kind of work it all together, really. Great. So what would you say is your favourite part about set decoration? Or something that really excites you? Uh, everything. I haven't got one favourite. Seriously, I haven't got, I don't think I've got one favourite bit I enjoyed doing it all equally because one thing leads on to another thing and then 
you kind of get excited about a space, a fabric, a texture, a metal, a look, a, an idea, a strand or a character. And then, and then you watch it develop. You watch your team help you develop it and, you know, make it real. And then you're dressing the set, which is exciting. And then you see it being, so it's not, I don't, I enjoy, I get kind of quite excited doing all the different elements because you know that it's yeah it all has its um you know you're you're watching it unfold in front of you really yeah. now um i guess another very fairly broad question but um you have your feature you've got your brief how do you go about going to prop houses and being as efficient and effective as possible uh i We'll do extensive dressing lists, so I know what I'm looking for. So that's it, really. I'll, I'll, ha I have my own way of working, and I have my lists. I know what I'm doing, and yeah, I'll, I'll go and you know. I think being as organised as possible is the key. Okay, great. Um, and then you know you've you've worked in other countries and um, yeah. and collaborated with teams in other countries um any kind of tips of doing that and like what what do you like about it what do you dislike uh it's an interesting one actually um i love working abroad because for me it you see the world you get to meet really interesting people that do and are like-minded you know um you also get what I love about filming abroad is everything's paid for and you're supported. So you travel a lot, but you have that support. You're not just putting a rucksack on your back and traveling through Africa. Mm. But Japan, my, my son's shouting Japan. Yeah. And, and for example, um, I was doing this project called Shogun in 17th century Japan. And, um, and I was sent to Japan to do lots of research and it was the most amazing trip because they said just you tell your translator and the production where you want to go, what you want to find out about and how you want to run your schedule. Amazing. And I just had, yeah, I had, I think probably the trip of my, you know, life. I mean, it was on my bucket list anyway. Yeah. So, um, but I think the tip for filming abroad is never expect we have a really special industry in the united kingdom and in america where people um, there's enough work that people really specialize in what they do whereas if you go abroad there isn't enough work so you'll find a prop master is also an art director or a set decorator is also a buyer or you know it's 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 really mixed so no one will ever have the knowledge that and the experience to the same degree that you'll have, unless they're American or British. So you have to kind of be really clear about what you want and really patient because people abroad work in very, very different ways. And my tip is you have to kind of accommodate and work with how they want to work because if you still, you, you can't make people work in the British system if you're abroad. So you have to kind of quickly, uh, you know, analyse the way they work and the best way to make the most of 
how to get them to kind of work as similar or to make the most out of the project. Um, you know, and you have to just accept and change your way of working. So when I was filming in Africa with um, Simon Bowles, we did a small little film, which I wanted to do because it's such a great project. Um, you know, our dressing teams were locals. So we had the kind of key, key dressers and lead men were from like Cape Town and had worked on commercials and knew what they were doing. But our, the rest of the dressers were locals and their priorities were just so different. All they wanted really to know was when their next meal was coming from, not that actually you weren't happy that they'd hung the picture in the wrong place. And that, and that they'd all, you'd sort of, you'd show one of them something, you'd, get, you'd say, okay, it'd be great if you could just put that animal, you know, those, those antlers just there and show them. And as you were showing at one person, they'd all come and look at what you were doing. So I... I I, what, it as yeah, uh, my son's saying to me, I described it as herding cats. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. really was like that. And then you'd, and then Simon and I would turn around one minute and we'd there go, right, okay, so we're nearly there. And I turn around and in fact, they'd all gone off. They'd all just decided to have a break. I mean, it really, and, but the thing is, you either have a choice, and that's quite an extreme country, like Botswana was an extreme country to work in. It wasn't like going to Eastern Europe where, you know, yes. we can communicate. But that you can't get, at, you couldn't get angry because it's it just, you know, we had to then work around it, add more time. Uh, you know, I had to kind of realise when, when they were happy to work, when they were at their most productive, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, you just, yeah, it, it's about you working around them and also um, leaving them to do maybe the sets that they really understood, mm. you know, so I got them to do all the African huts and they were like, where, you know, where do you want this, this African sculpture to go or where, where, where do you want the, the cooking area to mm. go? And I said, well, actually, this is your heritage you tell me how it would be. And when you do that, then you, it becomes a whole different experience. So they're like, oh, you want us to show you? I was like, yeah, this is, the, you know, this is a, an African heart and you show me how, it, you know, and they're like, oh, right. It just, I don't know, all that stuff. I mean, it's a gem. And also driving back from work, when are you ever going to get the chance to drive back in a big old Jeep with a oh, yeah. horizon, a huge sun, you know, zebras and elephants crossing a road? You know, it beats driving to Pinewood on the A40. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Do you know I what I mean? So mix mix it up. That's why mm. I love going abroad. Just mix it up. That's Intra really exciting. You know. Yeah. And do you find that when you're kind of decorating something that's maybe more UK-based, um, do you still go out on, I don't know, maybe trips to say someone like Africa to buy materials or do you end up sending else someone sending someone else to do that um, yeah I, I think it's all if if it's materials it depends it depends doesn't it so yeah. if we're if we were shooting something that was African but looking here we might then go out and purchase material you know purchase dressing in certain parts of africa or if you're doing or find a dealer or yeah so yes you know I, I, india india is a big resource to make stuff so there's uh 
a, a chap who has a company who works on all the big films and lots is made in India and actually that's an exception he makes everything from every period so wow. you know um, and he can make it really che- cheaply and he ships stuff over in big containers um, but if I was doing something that was Japanese for example my, my Japanese project um, I went to Japan and I would have been purchasing antiques and Japanese artifacts and you know be going to uh, auctions and shipping everything so yes if I can I will go if I can't and it's a really big production um, then I have to send um, the buyers but I like to go. So talking about I guess um, your relationship with buyers um, how do you like to delegate and how do you kind of what's your collaborations like? It's project to project, really, I think. Uh, depends on how big. If you've got a huge team mm. and it's a big, big project, I have to give assistant direct. So I have many assistants. So it depends on if it's a smaller job and I've only got one or two assistants, then obviously I'll kind of oversee all of it and then we'll divvy it up. Whereas if it's a really big job, like the job I'm doing at the moment, I actually have to give all the assistants different sets to look after I can't be in all those places and and do all those sets so even though I will have mood boarded discussed everything they'll show me everything I still they'll the assistants will look after certain sets so working with let's say more junior assistants then what do you look for in um a perfect assistant that kind of gets on your vibe and you know Attitude. You'd, you'd, you'd rehire. Okay. Just atti- just attitude. Someone that is just willing, enthusiastic, and just has a good attitude. You know, someone that uses initiative. So if suddenly it's really busy, doesn't get stroppy because they have to s- spend another half an hour at work, which, you know, we, ne- we don't want to do. But if sometimes it happens, and I'm sure like you too, Max the same you know and someone that you know has a good attitude and that you know whatever that whatever you ask them to do it doesn't matter what it is if you've asked them it's important they just have a good attitude about it and 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 also you know if they're if it's not a busy time they've got initiative to then go off and be creative and look into something they know that you have been searching or you know come oh look by the way I did this initiative is a big thing mm. especially if you know you've got projects and you know maybe you've got your own little things but somewhere along the line you're going to have to find something that's quite abstract it's the initiative mm-hmm. to kind of keep an eye on that abstract object like maybe mm-hmm. doing a few hours every day looking for resources yeah. or whatever yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah so having a good eye is important but obviously there's two things that in the beginning it's very hard to know if people have got a good eye because they haven't worked on huge amounts of project and also those projects are led by people like me and you so you know in other words it's our eye so it's very hard to but you kind of get an instinct for things don't you if you think someone's got a good eye or not but actually that's why I think it's more about attitude and initiative when they're you know in their early beginnings because I think a good eye is something that some people have and some people haven't and absolutely 
that's it. You've either got it or you haven't, but you still have to develop it. Do you see what I mean? Some people will continue to develop it and never have it. But if you've got the good instinct, then, you know, it takes time. You know, you don't just get a good eye. It it takes time to develop, doesn't it? And then it also kind of leads on to the point of taste. Um, You know, if someone's never worked with you before, they might not know the kind of things that really excite you. Um, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And actually, that's again, that comes... Yeah, that's true. That comes with experience too. Mm. I think that you... It's like working with you, for example, on the commercial we did together. I've got had enough experience that I kind of... It's not about the person I'm working with, their taste. It's about just knowing instinctively what's going to work for the project. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So you, at, so at any point you didn't say to me, oh, I wasn't sure about that yeah. because it and it wasn't that it was my great taste it's just that I have the experience to to assess yeah you know assess the project so I think exactly. that's that's what it's about really and that um, only yeah yeah and the other thing as well is is like for example the commercial we we're working on with the taste you know as as the object is is the company that we're working for it's the client well that was particularly yeah. yes that's exactly. true it was very product heavy um, yeah and Is that it? was about just finding the, let's face it, the, 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 mo- the, yeah, the t- most tasteful thing with that, yeah, with the that company. Yeah, most exciting pieces we yeah. can find. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess, unlike many people, you've been incredibly busy work-wise over this period. I know you can't necessarily talk about it, but has you been kind of in pre-production, I guess, if that's no, product. Oh, no, oh, actual... just, no, just product. Uh, produ- oh, wow. Yeah, pre- well, no, we're not filming. Okay, so, so we're in, yeah, so we are in, not in pre-pre, we're in pre-production. Okay, so, you know, obviously times have very much changed. How have you been, how have you been working during this time? Like, how have you found, have you found it really? Uh, I found it really full. I had the illusion that packing my bags up from Pinewood and shutting the office and bringing everything home would be really easy. And I'd just sit um, in my office and crack on with my day and communicate with everyone digitally, but it was incredibly hard. Not for two reasons. One, because suddenly my son's at home, homeschooling. So there was, it wasn't just about work. I realise I have the luxury of someone looks after him, someone helps me with the house. You know, you have a team of people. There's a team of people that, help me you know whether it's child minding or cleaning yeah that enable me to focus on work and without all those people suddenly I was like oh my god okay right I'm gonna have to be <laughs> loading the dishwasher in between that important zoom call yeah you know uh oh and then suddenly my son's kind of screaming for lunch in the break time but it didn't quite work out because actually I had another zoom call or I found it I found it not stressful, but really intense. I found it so full on and I was wondering, it wasn't until I stopped working and my contract ended um, and I have been doing things um, on a, you know, I've been in touch with everyone and we're in communication, but on a very relaxed level Mm. 
um, that I realised it was really quite stressful, just because, yeah. not because the work was so stressful, but because, one, it took twice as long to communicate. So having to kind of, you know, someone sends you a technical drawing of a, of a, a prop that we're going to be making, and there's a few changes and you just do a little scribble and you're, they're there, you know, face-to-face and you're doing a little scribble and that face-to-face communication explains it all with mm. that kind of odd squiggle. Whereas actually, suddenly, if it's just about that, that, that squiggle mm. and not the face-to-face, it's really hard. So I was having to draw and hold my phone and FaceTime while drawing and then on Zoom. It was... We got quite a lot done I think the art department got huge amounts done um concepts was really successful so communicating with the concept uh, the set deck concept artist was quite successful um so you give them a brief they go off but it was hard work mm. because it took twice as long and then I had my my life to juggle with so I felt frustrated that I didn't feel like I was doing that you know the moment you're in work until the moment you leave work, it's yeah. all about, it's, it's a, work, you know, it's yeah. A, yeah. So I, would, I was getting frustrated with my son because he was asking me to cook lunch, where actually at work I might not have lunch until two if I didn't choose to, whereas suddenly mm. I was having to be forced to have lunch at one. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so, yeah. It, it, I found, so since I have only been doing bits and bobs now to keep things chipping along, I'm doing mood boards, uh, reading new scripts, doing communicating with designer, letting my team know when we might be going back. It's much more relaxed. Yeah. And then um, I guess when it does come back, like I saw, um, you know, announcement today that Subahaya is kind of opening this week. Um, are you going to stay at home uh, and continue working from home? Or do you think that you might move to an office um, no, I, I mean, it, because of the nature of the project that I'm doing, we're, there's not many hires. It's all, okay. it's all, all design, it's all design and concept. So That's I have a big, perfect, weirdly enough. Yeah. yeah. So I have a big team of, I have art directors, set deck art directors, mm. set deck drafts people, junior drafts people, concept artists, all under my umbrella and it'll yeah, it'll be, I suspect, hopefully, we'll start, but we'll start at home. So we'll get the go-ahead to start, and we'll start yeah. from home first, and then I sus- it's, all, it's a big thing, isn't it? But uh, some of us will go into the office. Yeah. We'll probably rotate so that we're all spread out. We won't all go into the office at the same time, so it'll be a kind of rotary, I imagine. No, and I, and, and I, don't, I have no need to go to prop houses mm. for this project at the moment yeah. I will down the line because I, there will be some hires but not it's not there isn't the immediacy so I yeah. will stay at home and I will yeah I, I think it's just I think once we're given the the okay once we give it like they've told us a date that we're meant to be going back but it hasn't it's not official so I think once I have the official date then there'll be a kind of slow process of mm. Yeah, I think I'll go in, I'll be one of the ones that goes in first and then different people, it, it'll it be easing us in. I mean, yeah. it's it's a big it's a big deal though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's Disney. So Disney have to have 
all their films have to, you know, it's not just about my project. They'll have yes. to kind of make sure every project is, we all abiding by the same rules, right? Mm. Yeah, I was on a, an, uh, with Deborah and the art department going. Yes, I was meant a, to be there Yeah, as it well. was fascinating just talking about the different ideas about um, how, you know, even towards the end of the year, how, how films are going to have to operate and, you know, the ideas of maybe everyone's going to be living in a hotel together, but then what about the staff? And then, like, maybe the head of departments would be living in a hotel together. It just, you know, have they mentioned anything like that for your project or...? No, I don't. I think that more than ever we'll be trying to build as much as possible. Yeah. So that, you know, I think that I think that bigger projects, because they can, will be trying not to go away on location or very far. So yeah. I think the whole thing will become a lot more contained. OK. Uh, know. But no, I haven't. Yeah, that I heard that too. And. So I don't. I don't know. It's a yeah. mad, isn't it? It's mad to think because then people aren't gonna. What people won't be able to see their families. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, say your your situation at the moment, like you, you'd be away from your son for, I mean, a very long time if it was the whole duration of the film, which just can't be possible for so many people. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I again, uh, I'm lucky enough to be involved. Hopefully, you know. It, it, uh, and it'll continue in the same way that with a project that we were doing a lot of set builds at mm. Pinewood. Yeah. So... And you're fortunate with Pinewood as well that there is generally on the whole enough space to kind of make it in docking stations to clean up. But again, I don't know the sizes of your sets. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe no, not, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, no. Well, yeah, I, I think it's going to be... Yeah, they'll have to restrict the amount of people on yeah. set you know this is just in you know building when we're building we'll have to restrict the amount of people on site uh i heard that pinewood are gonna you know thinking about testing people as they come in temperature tests mm. uh we'll all have to have the full ppe you know yes i've already done a kind of vague studio plan of desk de seating and rooms and Wow. my team how how it could work if there were less people and which people can work at home and which mm. people have to be in the studio yeah yeah it's going to be very strange going back and also yeah. for us for art department and set deck it's very much a you know well we are the art department the set decorating yeah. department part of the art department so to not be able to kind of have that face to face mm. you know I mean, luckily, we're quite digital anyway. We were quite digital, sending drawings because of the secrecy and because it's 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 so yeah. Because they're paranoid, yeah. we're not allowed to photocopy, put things up on walls. Most okay. of the drawings are digital anyway. So actually, we yeah. So weirdly, I found that really difficult in the beginning to adjust to that. But that was the project. But in fact, we're going to be a step ahead because yeah. that's what we've been doing anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you, yeah. you won't have to walk to the water machine to look at beautiful set design. You'll have to look at your phone or whatever private secure yeah. system you have. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. 
yeah, you're right exactly. about the whole, um, you were talking earlier about um, doing doodles and then, you know, you do miss out on communication of body language when someone's illustrating yeah. something. Yeah. It, especially when you're working between departments like set tech art department, um, that casual conversation you might have along the corridor with someone, mm. which could actually speed and yeah. speed forward so much stuff. Yeah, because you pick up, you pick up mm. so much yeah. from those little conversations or just mm. dropping in. I'd drop in to see the designer and just pop my head in the door and just go, mm. hi, morning, afternoon, or if I hadn't seen them and just, and then they might say to me, oh, this came up in a meeting or this, came, you know, yes, it, you know, it, or I've had an idea about this or, you know, I said that this world was going to be uh, dominated by this thing. You know, I don't know. I've, it's now yeah. going to be this because the director, I don't know, all those little, yeah, all the, yeah, it's going to yeah. be really strange. Yeah. I, I tell you what, we're going to have to be bloody organised. You really are. I mean, yeah, you just lose. I mean, at the moment you put something in an email or you have to call someone up, there's already a formal level to it. Yeah. You can't you can't just call someone up to be like, okay, I had a dream last night that actually if we made all the set red <laughs> I mean you might still yeah, do you're that, not gonna put yeah you're gonna you're also, not gonna yeah, put that in an yeah. email, are you? <laughs> no, no. But I suppose yeah. yeah, we've been talking about this. I mean, you know, I, I we're just gonna have to do even though someone might be just down the corridor, we're gonna have to zoom. You see what I'm saying? So it's just, we're going to have to just get used to rather than, oh, I just want to speak to that person. Mm. Or FaceTiming them, I suppose. Zoom's yeah. more too official, isn't it? Because you have to yeah. set up appointments. You know, we're just yeah, going to have to, we're just going to have to FaceTime each other, I suppose. Yeah. And just, and if they don't answer, they're busy mm. and leave them a message. Oh, it's just going to be. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. It's, I don't know. It's going to, but. Someone was saying, oh, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be so strange, so different. I said, I, I sort of think that actually I'd rather get back and get used to it and kind of find my own pace with it sooner mm. than later. Yeah. I think it's going to take a lot. I think it's going to take a while to really get used to the new rhythm. Absolutely. Oh, completely. I mean, I've been, I haven't, the, I was on a commercial that we were, We'd gone on a recce and then the final recce and then it was going to be the weekend and then we'd start shooting on the Monday and I'd been on the project for a month. And that Friday on the recce, the whole shoot got cancelled. And so it's been 12 weeks since then that I've not been working. So the idea of going back is starting to become more and more crazy, you know, which is why I think it's so important that you've... I mean, in some respects, it would be good if you'd had a longer break than three weeks, but it's nice that you're able to just kind of, like, keep powering ahead and you don't lose that kind of well that's what I said you know. to sorry I really shouted then um that's that's, that's uh I'm now not being paid okay. I can't be furloughed uh because of I can't be furloughed that's the, I, my position and the my financial situation I can't be furloughed so I hope that I do get back at, at some point and I'm grateful because I can't be furloughed that I could work as long as I did um, but I, I very much have said that I want to keep chipping at the project because it just keeps me connected to it. So it's obviously now, until I go back, it's on my own terms. I'll read the script when I feel like reading it, when it fits in with everything else I'm doing. 
I'm doing mood boards, but it's very much worked around now everything mm. else. But uh, for me, I want to keep doing little bits when I can just to keep me connected. Yeah. Otherwise, I think that that that's going to be really strange to oh, go yeah. suddenly go back to being really full on when you've been disconnected with something for such a long time. Mm. If it's the yeah. same project. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, you'll get there on day one of, you know, your new pre-production being allowed to work again and you'll be asked tons of questions and if you haven't been kind of at least reminding yourself of the project, you just yeah. won't, you won't no. get to speed. Yeah, you know? yeah, it takes a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, so, I, I, you know, so whether it's my time or not, for me, for my own peace of mind, you know, I'll read the script when I've been given the go-ahead, the date, when I know I'm hopefully starting back, you know, I'll read all the scripts again or I'll just get my head fully back into it. Otherwise, I think I'm going to go, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have a big panic. Yeah. Amazing. From, from, DIY, um, di- from DIY to, yeah. you know, painting and house repairs yeah. to suddenly, I mean, you know. That's, that's kind of like my, my, my general last question is um, what have you been doing to stay art- artistically kind of motivated during this time? And I know you've had less time than many, but you know, what kind of things have you been up to? Uh, I have been, it's my son, just sorting his schooling out mm. uh, and keeping him entertained, whether it's model making or music. Uh, exercise. I've loved being able to exercise every day. Mm. So I've done exercise every day just to keep myself going. Um, and I've been doing major DIY. Oh, nice. So I've been painting, I've been chipping, I've been, I have <laughs> been my own art department. Incredible. So that's been really, I found, do you know what? I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. All those jobs that, you know, because in between, in between films or projects, usually when I have a break, it's because I'm then with my son. So I don't have that break of luxury of going, right, I've got a month off. I'm going to do lots of DIY because my month off is with, my, is with family time. When you, mm. So it's been, you know, that's, I quite enjoyed that. But also mixed in with a bit of reading the latest scripts and keeping course, my, yeah. you know, just keeping my ideas and thoughts and, you know, in a very relaxed way going. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on today and maybe it'd be good to have a follow-up chat once you've gotten to grips to find out how you're you're doing all of this stuff. Yeah. Hopefully we'll know soon, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, everyone's building up to it to go back, aren't they? I just... Whether July or September, I mean, I know everyone's keeping their eye on things. Things are opening up. Yes. We're meant to be going back at the end of July, I think middle to end of July but watch this space I suppose it depends if the studio is going to feel ready right yeah I mean it's all on them really yeah I mean the insurers I think at the end yeah. of the day are yeah. holding the all the cards yeah. yeah exactly and if they haven't got all the PPI if they haven't got the system if they haven't got everything sorted mm. they're not going to take the risk are they I mean like they're taught they are they're all talking about going back there isn't any reason not to but individual projects I'm sure might start at different times which is a bit scary because hopefully we start a similar time i hope that everyone starts at a similar time because mm, yeah. you I'd, my, you know my one fear is suddenly other projects are starting before you and that people are going to kind of go oh 
there's a project they've, they've started before, you know what I mean? Mm. And suddenly, yeah, the slight competition comes up. Well, yeah, that they're kind of, <laughs> that people don't panic that your project yeah. isn't going to be restarting. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully we all start at a sort of similar time. Uh, and hopefully we start. I mean, you know, it might be that decide to start in September, in which case I'll be knocking at your door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully the, the commercial music video and all the rest of it kicks yeah, off too. Right. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it will. I, a, a director friend of mine has already been asked to do two, uh, um, two commercials. Mm. So it definitely, so the advertising agencies are already... And the you know clients are already kind of wanting to make those commercials again. Yeah, well, anything's better than the incredibly ugly um, Zoom ones. I don't know if you've seen many of the commercials that've been coming out lately. <laughs> a lot of them are kind of they're either archive footage or they're they've just given some stuff to someone and they've just stuck it in their house and they're all a bit basic and essentially anything you can buy on Amazon because no one else can really deliver. Unexpected times. Oh, um, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. This episode was edited by Callum Bell. The intro track was composed by Sam McGrail and mixed by Max Bloom. And the artwork was created by Alec Jagodzinski.